Hey there, folks. I uh, wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor, in our opinion, is the easiest way to make a podcast today. First off, it's free, and we obviously like that. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or even your smartphone. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the big name streaming services, talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a bunch more, all the places you listen to our podcast. You can generate money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are getting into podcasts or it's something that interests you, then download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, and uh, welcome to another episode of season two of the Too Loud Adams podcast. Indeed, season two, we're too loud, we're too fast, too furious. Well, at least we're hoping, depending on these people. <laughs> Thanks, we're but- uh, stoked to be back in the booth and, and talking to you all uh, this week without an interview. It's just us talking to you uh, back to the normal uh, prescribed meal we're doing it old school just like we did in the way way back times of last year <laughs> so we got a we're bunch building to talk a about. tradition just like the team if you think about it <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about uh in, in this episode a lot of news has come out of loud and united uh a bunch of signings uh, in in pairs or in i guess in fours is the better way of putting it, it constantly just down down the, the yes, pipe in to us. quartet so, if you will quartets there we go and uh, we we wanted to unpack some of those and, and talk about some of the maybe the implications that means the lineups, who we're rooting for and, and what kind of players uh, that, that Loudon has, has, has signed. Um, and th- there's a lot there's a lot to unpack. Um, so before we jump into the players, though, I think we want to talk first and foremost about the upcoming 2021 season. Right, Adam? Of course, it <laughs> looks like it's they're going to keep some of the uh, changes that they did from the uh I want to say bubble because, but uh, I guess more like the uh, USL tournament style that they were running uh, during the COVID uh, season. Yeah. So bubble being uh, in some leagues, they called it a bubble, some, some sports, right. But bubble being like, Hey, we're going to, you're going to compete through the same general time frame of, of when your competitions exist, but with a limited number of teams that you actually play against. Right. So and the same and the same region with a couple of same exceptions. Region, yes. Geographically speaking, they try to, to tighten the regions as much as possible. Um, yeah. Which included a surprising amount of playtime in Connecticut. Yeah. A lot of trips up to Connecticut. So obviously we want uh, 20 more of those. And I nearly destroyed my co-host's brain with bad Hartford Whalers jokes. I promise I won't do that anymore. For for no other reason. I hope we don't have to travel up there this year, (laughs) (laughs) but we probably will. Um, So yeah, so let's, let's unpack it real quick. So they're, they're, they're not getting rid of um, the 2021 format altogether, but we're going to go somewhere hybrid. It's not the full COVID, uh, you know, panic button, you know, the way it was, the second half of the season, which was the only season that existed last year, but, but now it's, they're still going to take on the groups. They're going to be much larger groups. And uh, yeah, does that, is that, is that accurate? It seems to be from what I've seen, um, so, they're, tr- they're trying to uh, keep it within the family, I suppose, but uh yeah, so we've got, we, you know, we, we wrote an article about this um, 
a few weeks ago, and it's on the RFK Refugees, uh, which is, if you're not familiar with them, they're a, a wonderful DC United podcast. Uh, it's on their website if you want to check it out. But, you know, what the idea of it essentially is there's 31 teams. Currently, we might be expanding, but um, currently 31 teams in the USL Championship, and they're going to divide that 31 into four groups. Now, if you're good at math, you realize that's not possible. So uh, it, it means that um, there will be three team, three groups, if, I, if my math is correct, of eight, and then one group of seven. And we want to just walk you through two different scenarios of what how each of those could look if, if maybe maybe we end up in one of the eight ones maybe we end up in seven ones what what would happen if it's just based on uh based on geolocation but based on geo geographic uh placement and then what it might happen if the us also takes it a step further and kind of includes rivalries and that kind of stuff into the mix yeah and so 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 far the confirmed teams that are like 99 sure are gonna that loudon's gonna face in the same group we got the New York Red Bulls Jr. and we got the Hartford Whalers. We got the Pittsburgh River Rounds, the uh, Charleston Battery, and the Charlotte Independence. And then after that, the next couple are next one or two are in the air. Are, are, have you gotten those those confirmed? I'm, they aren't confirmed yet, but I'm just geographically yeah. speaking, those seem to be the closest. Well, if so, you crawl down the East Coast, so if you, you can unpack it one of two ways. The first way is is that if if it is solely based on geography, you know, you, you have to look at the entirety of the USL championship as a whole. Yeah, you're absolutely right that Hartford, New York Red Bulls, too, uh, and Pittsburgh almost guaranteed are in our back pockets because we are in that upper that, that northeastern most area when it comes to teams that exist in the USL championship. So you can also guarantee- an, sorry to interrupt. But another thing is that uh, for those of you who don't already know, uh, North Carolina FC moved down to USL one and uh, Philadelphia Union two was withdrawn by their parent club. So that uh, complicated things a little more. It certainly, it changed group F as we knew it last year that, that included uh, Philadelphia Union too. Yeah. So if, if you unpack the entirety of the, the league as a whole, you know, and, and you just kind of section it off into like quarters, essentially, it, it would actually, it, it would more suit us to, to have, or it would, I guess, it would be more likely that we would have Louisville, Indy 11, Sporting KC, and Colorado Springs, um, which would be a really weird one because it's actually pretty far west of here. But just yeah, based I on. I think like, Colorado Springs is technically in the Western Conference, though. I don't know if well, that would work. One of the Western Conference teams has to play in one of the two Eastern Conference groups. Mathematically, it has to happen. Good point. Because there's too many Western, there's way too many Western Conference And teams. too so, many Eastern Conference teams have either folded or moved. Yeah, so mathematically, you have to have a Western Conference team playing in Eastern Conference group. It just would have to be, unless they split the groups halfway. So if you look at solely based on geography, because you're looking at the the propensity of, of teams that exist in like the Texas area and like the Southern California area, um, it would actually we would probably be playing. That would be our setup, right? It would be, it would be weird because Colorado Springs that makes no sense. It would be terrible because. Indy 11, Louisville, Pittsburgh, New York Rebels, to Hartford, those are all perpetual playoff making teams, right? So it, the, the cards would be stacked against us from the outset. If we were in an 18 group, just to, to break it down even further, eight in an 18 group, four teams make the playoffs. So well, that would be a baptism of fire, certainly. It, for would, be, the, it uh, would be youths. rough. Yeah, to, to achieve, uh, as Coach Martin wanted, to achieve the um, his goal this year of 
reaching the playoffs in the first time in loud United history, that would be, that would be a tough group to pull, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, and the reason is because the USL looks at it from a more complex lens than just simply geographic, you know, location. Right. And they're, they're looking at rivalries. They're looking at all these different teams that, you know, regionally they just need to play each other for, for fans to be engaged and involved. You know, there's, there's rivalries that exist between Charleston and Tampa Bay, for instance. Um, although that one's going to be a really hard one to, to play out. Um, there, there's a, uh, a budding rivalry between Miami and, and, uh, and, and Tampa Bay, you know, Florida teams, there's, yeah. there's the group of, of Texas, you know, teams um, that, that exist. And, and there, there's rivalries building there, some that already exist. So I think that, uh, yeah, I think New Mexico and, and Phoenix also, there's something there. So this is the group that I think we're going to have. And I, I've got this currently set. Uh, and again, you can check this out on the article on RFK refugees, but w- what we've currently, the estimation is, We've got Hartford, New York Red Bulls, and Pittsburgh, right? Those are those are three teams I, I think that we're going to deal with regardless. Um, all Definitely. all three teams that could very easily take playoff spots, and then I've got I've got Atlanta too. I've got Charlotte Independence, who as of right now are still in the USL Championship, although there were rumors that they weren't going to be. And I've got Charleston, so that puts it at seven. <laughs> if if the value of having Tampa Bay Rowdies playing Charleston in that rivalry that exists means they don't mind stretching the entirety of the East coast going straight from, from the northernmost team to the southernmost state, then, then they'll include Tampa Bay Rowdies. But I think right now there's a very serious possibility just based on density of teams that we actually get the, the seven team group. And, and if that's the case, four teams still will make it. Meaning that the bad luck that we drew by having the only five team group and only two teams made it out of it in 2020 would be reversed if this was the case and we would actually be, you know, one of, we could potentially fight for one of the four spots in a 17 group. Only three teams would be eliminated from that group. Yep. Well, that's why we play the games, isn't it? Got to, uh, got to fight the, got to fight some, uh, folks with, uh, who are not affiliated with a, uh, MLS team who are just fighting for their pro lives, fighting to, uh, to keep their contracts as well as that of their manager. A lot more on the line. Yeah. So I, I think that I mean, now mind you, you, you look at those teams. You look at like who's potentially going to make it out, right? Um, but yeah. you know, Hartford had a great season last year. They don't have many returning players. Um, New York Red Bulls too. I think last yeah. year was the first year they ever didn't make the playoffs. You like Hartford, I think, changed their coach recently, didn't they? Well, he was only there for a, a one year alone from Southampton. Oh, interesting. Um, but but yeah, so Hartford new coach, a uh, pretty much entire changeover on, on their team. Um, New York Red Bulls too has never missed the playoffs with the exception of last season. So, um, or at least that's the case under this coach. Maybe that's what it is. But Pittsburgh perpetual playoffs. I don't think they they ever missed playoffs. And then Charleston's been pretty good um, as well. They had a pretty good year last year. It made a little playoff run. So you have to imagine those are the, the 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 heavy hitters in the group. And if Tampa Bay Rowdies jump in, maybe they bump off New York Red Bulls too um, in that playoff spot. So we're not we're certainly even in that situation, which I think would be our best case scenario. We're not going to be the favorites, and, and that's something we got to realize early. And hopefully, the new signings are what make that difference. And so hopefully, because as you said in your RFK piece, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. That's right. We get we the team, you know, let's be honest, they only managed to get one win uh, before the season was over. So nowhere to go but up. But it was New York Red Bulls too that we beat. So yeah. That's, that's so take nice. that, New York. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what uh, we now know 
the general idea of, of what 2021 could look like, but let's talk about what it currently, what we know, like what, what, you know, we've got some returning players. We've got some new signings. We want to kind of unpack. We'll, we'll really briefly touch on the returning players because, because you folks already know them, but there's some, some new signings and we want to kind of talk through each of them a little bit, just briefly. Um, but, but let's, let's start with the returning players, Adam. What, who do we got coming back? Of course. Now we've officially got more than enough for a uh, game day 11 before it was just the three that were, I think if you look on Loudon's official website, hopefully they change it by the time I, uh, this episode comes out. So I don't sound like an idiot, uh, but that the, uh, they only had uh, three players on their uh, roster. The oh. first, the first three returning players, uh, the first there's the, uh, Two Loud Adams official, uh, you know, player of the year last year, 2020, Kairu Mustafa, uh, our, our Nigerian sensation who uh, got his first cap with the Niger national squad in a 1-0 victory over Ethiopia, even uh, during the uh, oh. World Cup qualifiers in Africa. We'll just we're gonna assume he scored that goal. We're just gonna yeah. Let's just assume it. Don't don't look for don't, these. Yeah, we, we know he's capable. Um, yeah, we had an episode talking about him and his MVP performance, uh, man of the match performance at one point last year. It was called uh, "Brace from the Wings" because he scored a brace from the wings. That's as creative as we. That's as creative as yep. we are, guys. Not to mention he got a few reps, you know, trialing with the main squad, DC United. So they're definitely oh. interested in him. Uh, though he's still sticking around here for now. So okay. that's good okay. for us. Uh, but yeah, expecting bright things for the present and future for Cairo. Uh, the other uh, familiar face that they announced uh, is one of their first three re-signings was Michael Gamble, yep. our uh, default uh, captain and number 10. That's right. And uh, yeah, now Gamble, Gamble played uh, previously and, and has, has a relationship with, with coach Martin. So this was a, this was an easy player, I think for the team to get back. I think he's also um, a highly valued player that I would imagine a lot of other teams, at least even at the USL championship level, were, were probably pursuing. He's played overseas, played in Chile, uh, played in England. Um, so this is a player, I think it was a good choice to just early, early on lock him up and, and get him on board. He can captain, um, you know, the, the men out there and, and he can also, he understands the, the language that, uh, and, and the style of play that, that coach Martin is, is, is preaching. Yeah. I want to say that he's the old man by default now that uh, Dewey is officially retired. Ooh, don't say it to us. But that sounds, but yeah, that sounds, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's only 27. It's not <laughs> <laughs> Right. And uh, number three on yeah. the returning list. Sorry, let me catch my breath. Uh, number three on the returning list are Canadian sensation uh, Massimo Ferrin. There we go. Yeah. So right there on the first batch of signings, we had uh, a strong, you know, group of attacking option players, left wing, right wing, uh, an attacking mid slash uh, played on the left wing at some point too, being Gamble, um, and that was exciting. But. We know those players, Massimo Farron uh, this year, jumping into an international roster spot as well, but we know them. Um, nothing really too significant to unpack there. I don't think we really got to see the, the potential that, that Farron had last yeah. season. Unfortunately, um, that injury sidelined him for a large chunk of it. 
Yep. So obviously Loudon and, and DC, you know, they see something in his talent and they wanted to bring him back. So, but yeah, um, when he was playing, he had a way, he had a nice way of cutting in from the wings. It was pretty good. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully we get to see more of a healthy Farron uh, to help take the pressure off the others off the team, as well as, you know, seeing him score some goals on his own. Yeah. would be nice. So and, uh, new speaking, next Oh yeah, and we got a few more returners though. Speaking yeah, of let's goal talk, scorers, let's finish off the returners. Yeah, speaking of goal scorers, uh, our I guess uh, the number two uh, best guy among, in our opinion, on the team, uh, Theodore, aka Ted Cudi Pietro, TKB. TKB. You, know him, you love him. That fox in the box just uh, finds ways to uh, keep the ball at his feet and just and it, and every so often score a goal. Also. Also um, scored the first uh, non-PK goal uh, last year. And it was the goal that, that won us that game against New York Rebels, too. It was. This is a no-brainer as well. Um, you know, we got a, this is a guy who DC is invested in. They see a lot of potential. You know, a lot of the the, the management over at DC United, they, they really see that he could potentially be that next guy that makes that transition, you know, behind uh, Kevin Paredes and uh, Griffin Yao and, and that group. So, this, this makes complete sense. You know, he invested in Loudon and he invested in DC, you know, by, by opting to go this route and go the professional um, soccer route. So this is just them investing right back is all this is. And another, and elsewhere we got uh, this guy, unfortunately we didn't see much of him last year, but uh, hopefully he's still got plenty in the tank. Bob, Robbie Dambro, Dambrot. Dambrot. Yes. I, I, had, turns out we kept messing that last name up. I time. am sure that we have been messing plenty of last names and even first <laughs> names up. And I am even more sure that we are going to mess more up starting tonight. So yeah. Um, Dan brought, and I know that because he said it on a video on social media and I made a whole <laughs> big old joke about it. And he had a laugh at us about the fact that we've been, yeah, boffing that name <laughs> since, uh, since the beginning. So, I don't know why we, we took that, that that T and silenced it, but uh, it is not a silenced T. Okay. And wow. hopefully he won't be too silent coming into this next season. Either. So he's now, I hear he has a shoulder injury. He's starting off the season with a shoulder injury. Oh. I don't know. I, I honestly, I might've dreamt that, that one, but um, I've got him listed as, as injured at the moment, but maybe. Well, maybe get better or stay healthy, depending on when yep. you listen to this episode. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, also a couple of, uh, or a couple of, uh, people who joined, uh, midway through last season, but made a very big impact when they mm. did play. Uh, we got Tyler Gabara and, uh, Timmy Mel. Yeah. Tyler Gabara was our, I think our utility player of the year. He, he was, came off the bench and played in a lot of different positions. Um, super, super smart kid. Uh, and I think could fit well into, uh, the new ideology that 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 Coach Martin is going to em- employ. Yeah. We'll get into um, that in a, in a later episode. Yeah. Also, another thing that uh, I don't know if I've if we've mentioned this before, but it turns out that Gabara is actually comes from a dedicated soccer family. His dad, Jim Gabara, was a big uh, U.S. Uh, indoor soccer and futsal player. Even got a few caps with the national, the men's national team. That's right. And. Uh, Coach. Even was the coach of the uh, the Washington Freedom back when the uh, Women's Professional Soccer League existed and the Washington Spirit for a few years in the current version, the uh, NWSL. Uh, I don't know if he's still coaching anywhere right now, though. And on the other end, on his you know mother's side, Karen Jennings Gabara uh, was a big uh, 
time player for the U.S. women's national team between 87 and 96. 117 caps, 53 goals, and now is the current coach of the Naval Academy uh, women's soccer team. There you go. So he's got quite a lot to live up to, but at the same time, he's got quite a big pedigree behind him. Anyways, that's right. No, um, that's fair. That's very good. Yeah. All right. All right. Is that is that it? Do we oh, have any more? Timmy Mel. That was the that and, was and the Timmy last Mel. One. There we go. Tim Tim Mel. Yeah. He Timothy Mel. Timmy. I don't know. He goes by Timmy, but Timothy uh, Tim. Timothy Mel. Um, Feel yeah. free to correct us if we're wrong. Strong, Timmy. strong center back. Yeah. Please, by all means. Uh, strong center back. Uh, you know, I think he had a, a little tiff, a red card that probably should never have been a red card in the first place. But yeah. Also, he comes from my alma mater uh, in Indiana University. There we go. Yep. Twice oh, selected to the all Indiana's. Big Ten teams. The Hoosiers. There we go. Yeah. Hoosiers! No, there's that. Anyhow, so now moving on to the new signings, because these are the the folks you guys actually want to know about, um, and and we're going to tell you what we know about them. Maybe it's not that much, but we're going to start off with, I think, actually a marquee signing. This is a huge deal of being able to get this individual. I think that he came over because of his connection with Washington Spirit. His wife plays for them, and that is, drumroll... Bruce Gundrich. I like that. That was good. Right. We're gonna, we're and gonna also, I hope I that. said that last name right, Drew. Yeah, but if not, we're gonna you're gonna join, join yeah, the list. But, well, yeah, <laughs> there, but there's a lot to like about uh, right. about Drew Gundrich here. I mean, let me think. Where do we begin? Well, he, uh, he had a lot of praise from the folks o- o- over at uh, Sacramento Republic FC, where he came um, from previously. This is a yep. super talented guy who. Um, was integral other than a, a, an injury that happened toward the end of the season. He was integral in, in their midfield and, and was a, was a major cog in, in, in what they, what, where they found their success uh, even was a candidate, I guess, for their player of the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that an injury slowed him yeah. down. He wasn't able to return until a playoff game. So yep. huge bo- signing. Yep. Born and raised in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and uh, set Stanford on fire. Well, not literally figuratively, Fun fact, the first two years he was there, he was a teammate with Jordan Morris. There you uh, go. Yeah. And uh get better and the, la- yeah, and the last two years that there, he was the captain of that team. He there got go. uh first team all Pac 12 honors. He uh right. also got all academic second team honors for whatever that's for what that's worth. And uh he's he managed to get himself uh you know selected in the second round 40th overall by the la galaxy in 2018 though he wasn't signed by them instead he uh floated around the usl first with bethlehem steel and then as you mentioned uh, sacramento republic and uh in 2019 he married andrew andy sullivan the uh you know one of the uh, star players for uh, the washington spirits that's right and uh now they're the two of them are going to be playing together uh Maybe not at the same time, but together in the same place now. We'll That's get right. into that a little later. But welcome, welcome back to the East Coast, Drew. Welcome back to the East Coast. All right. Uh, it's not quite Lancaster, but hopefully you'll be able to uh, make Loudon your new home. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're excited to have you here, and uh, that's that's an exciting signing. I think that I think we're going to see him um, be a, a major component to to our midfield. So, yeah. moving on, um, let's talk about. There was another batch of signings that happened right after Drew was announced. Yeah, and the the first name on there is a local guy. Oh yeah, so local. He was born right here in Ashburn, Virginia. There you go. Um, and uh, he went to Broad Run High School, which is like maybe 10, 15 minutes away from where I live. Okay. 
trained at the local Loudoun Soccer Youth Academy. I'm sure, you know, they're definitely happy about this guy. Uh, none other than uh, Samson Sammy Sergi. I hope Sammy I'm saying the last Sergi. name right here, too. Is we're, it Sergi we're, uh, or Sergi? We're going to keep screwing up until you correct us. That's right. We're going to wait to be corrected. So so Sam, Sam Sergi, uh, uh, a striker who, who lit up a couple of leagues um, prior to going to New Mexico United, and I, I don't think was really offered the opportunity that he deserved there. And so we're happy to offer it to him and, and yeah. we're excited to see what he can do at the top of the box. And that's, some, other, that's, some other interesting tidbits about Sammy. He uh, apparently was also, not only did he play, you know, for the broad run soccer team, he also played on their American football team as a kicker, uh, went 14 for 16 in field goals. So if the Washington football team is in need of a kicker for next season, you know where to look just to, you know, a small finders fee my way. And then I'll show you where you can find him. That's right. He read he read shirted with the Xavier Musketeers, majored in marketing, and started work on an MBA. And uh, interesting fact, like except for maybe his first year, every single year for the four straight years, he was he had a GPA above three point five. And oh. uh, nerd stuff aside, he got eighty seven apps and twenty two goals while playing at Xavier, just too shy of being in the top 10 all time at that, at that school. Uh, there you go, folks. <laughs> so, so either, so whether it's on or off the soccer field, he's got a bright future ahead of him, especially if he finishes his MBA. Fair enough. All but right. Hopefully he, you know, sticks around here in either case. Yeah. coming to a soccer field near you. Um, all right. Continuing <laughs> down the list. Uh, let's, let's get to the other on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we got, uh, a former former Richmond kicker, uh, and I'm going to give this one a shot. Wahab Akwe. That one should be a little Akwe. easier because I, I feel like you know if, if you go to Richmond kickers fans, he's or team games, he he's been uh, a staple of that back line for two seasons now. Is that correct? Yeah, so, that's that's fair. That's correct. Uh, he was born in Accra in Ghana. Spent three years in their Premier League with Inter Allies FC. Tried after that contract ran out, he you know tried to. Uh, he and his agent tried to look around Europe, but eventually uh, ended up taking a chance with the New York Red Bulls, who uh, who put him on their roster with the uh, with at New York Red Bulls too, because apparently they had a uh, short history with the Inter Allies FC team. Oh. And, however, uh, they had a couple other players who made the leap to their parent club in the past. However. For whatever reason, it didn't work out. And in 2019, he uh, joined Richmond, as you said. And now he's moved. Uh, he's driven up an hour or two to uh, Loudon, And now yeah, he's here with us. He, he was he was a big part of that back line last year when Richmond Kickers had a, had a really stellar season. Um, they I think they held that, that first place spot for a while uh, at the USL um, League One or USL One um spot and, and and i think they ended up not finished outside of the mark but nonetheless this was this was a very talented team and he is someone who's got the pedigree he's he showed he can play at the professional level and, and i think will be a huge uh, part of our back line in, in 2021 yep and pr- another chance to prove to the uh new york junior that they shouldn't have let you go <laughs> new york junior new york we're we're really driving up this rivalry here we're, tr- we're trying okay <laughs> 
All right, so let's talk about mimosas. Let's talk about mimosas. Ooh, mimosas. I prefer Bloody Marys, but um, mimosas. Who we got coming over from ASEC Mimosas? Galso Samake, born and raised in Dabo in the Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast. Cote d'Ivoire. He's uh, usually featured as a left back, but he can also be a left mid or a left wing in a pinch. That's right. That's right. Uh, Admittedly, I don't have a lot of info on him. It was a bit difficult to find, but he I do know that he uh, featured with the uh, Ivory Coast U under 23 team and That's that right. he's uh, had a quite a handful of uh, he's had quite a handful of uh, caps with the uh, with the uh, what was it the mimosas during the and uh, also the Ivory Coast during the uh, Confederation uh, African uh, football cup. Okay. Um, so. Just to add, add to that real quick, he is a lone player, which doesn't mean much uh, in, in retrospect. You know, that, that's a big deal in a lot of leagues. Like, oh, he's just here on loan. He's, he's temporary. Yeah. In, in the USL championship, we're talking about a lot of contracts that are just one year and, and they're designed that way for, for many reasons. But um, him being a lone player is not super significant. A lot of times they'll, they'll sneak in options to buy. We, we have a confirmed option to buy one of our lone players. We'll talk about here shortly, but um, I don't know if there's anything like that that exists with him. The only other thing to add about this is this is somebody that, that uh, coach Martin actually told us uh, himself that, he, that they had been scouting um, for a while. I, I know that he spent a trip in, in, going to a couple different countries in Africa Uh scouting players sending some scouts out there and so this is someone that he and the dc uh, united staff uh, have on their radar and so he's being brought in with a lot of talent he's very highly sought after um talented player this is this is uh, you know absolutely someone that we should look forward to shoring up any issues we might have at that left back spot and i think can transition well into again what i alluded to which is some some maybe changes in tactics that we're going to be seeing in 2021 indeed the positions are quite fluid. So it's good to know that if, you know, need, at least from what I've heard that uh, Samake could do like a kind of a wing back thing, a box to box deal on the left side if needed. All right, let's go keep going down the line. We got, we got another, we got a, we have a goalkeeper. This is our first goalkeeper signing. Um, Now, mind you, we had a significant uh, player we lost in, in the off season that's been confirmed. And that is, um, uh, our six foot nine French giant, uh, Simon Lefebvre. Simon! He signed with Louisville. So he, DC United still has his rights as, as he was a draft pick, but he now plays in the USL Championship for uh, a direct rival. City yeah. a, a team that was only missing one or two parts that, that very easily could have contended for the title last year. And, and he may be one of those major parts that they, they'd be filling it. They'll be filling yeah. in. So, uh, it's a shame lost. to lose him, even if, you know, I understand he's got to, you know, do what's best for him. Yep. Holding a USL championship record. And um, he's going to go on to a team that is very established. And I think he's going to do very well there. But mm-hmm. so with that, you know, we, we had needs at uh, a goalkeeper between him and the unconfirmed loss, which we don't know yet, but we, we, we've not heard any signings of, of Colin Miller. So the, that this first goalkeeper signing was a former new england rev, rev two which plays in the usl league one level uh, named keegan meyer keegan meyer also uh relatively speaking a local uh, kid he was born in silver spring maryland okay and went to school at baltimore catholic like some other uh, players who are on loud in her dc right now uh, eventually made his way into uh high point university north carolina 
and he became the uh, school's all-time leader in career shutouts, 27 clean sheets to his name while he majored in uh, business administration. And uh, as you said, yes, he was selected in the, uh, he was selected in the 2020 uh, Super Draft, the second round, uh, 43rd overall by the uh, Revolution, New England Revolution, and sent down to their Revs 2 thing. He, um, while he was playing at uh, Revs 2, he started in eight games and uh, recorded uh, two clean sheets. The first of those eight games was against Richmond, believe it or not. Ah. Now he's here in Loudoun, uh, yeah. trying to prove himself that he can do so, more than just a handful of games. Yeah, not not numbers that are that are kind of you know jumping off the board at you. And he, he's the stat. He doesn't have any stats that are really going to impress you, at least at the pro level, just yet. But uh, you know, you got to trust the process. This is someone who was scouted and, and signed pretty early on in this preseason uh, signing period. So. You know, they, they, they see something in him. Um, and I think that the goalkeeping position is going to be a, a topic, of this topic of discussion that's going to continue on for a while. And we're going to touch a little bit more into it tonight as well. But um, or this morning, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, but we're, we're recording <laughs> tonight. So um, the next signing came in another batch. So there's another batch of four signings that, that just came through. And this is the most recent one. And he's another goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, English born. Um, so across the from, pond, but made yep, his way over from here. London, England. Been playing in the U S though for a while now. And most recently for El Paso locomotive FC in the USL championship. And his name is Jermaine Forda. Jermaine Forda. So the Londoner from Luton town. Well, yeah. Highly, I've, highly sought after. This is a very talented player. I, I I could see him and Keegan Meyer going going head to head for the starting position at goalkeeper um, if it's if it's an option, um, and, and and yeah, I, I've heard a lot of positive um, circulating around around the web on the the choice of Loud and United designing this guy, which, which really it speaks it speaks you know yeah tons I, toward his skill. Yeah, I gotta say while I was uh, looking up some info, he had quite the interesting story that he uh, gave to a uh, an English uh, footballers abroad kind of web kind of uh, news sure. site while he was while he when he just signed with El Paso how he uh, he you know studied uh, he basically studied football in his between his legs was since he was 13 years old he played for his hometown crew Luton Town since and then he spent 4 years in various uh, uh, teams across England. When the Luton Town didn't pan out, he went into what they call a non-league teams, mm-hmm. which is basically, you know, you play for, you're basically playing for your paycheck to paycheck, I think is what it means. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, those I, I would not be able to correct you. <laughs> and then, uh, but then, in, you know, 2014, after leaving Banbury uh, United, he, uh, followed his now wife to uh, Connecticut in the U.S. and, uh, you know, started uh, teaching kids in Connecticut about uh, soccer and goalkeeping in particular. And uh, he trained with various uh, U23 sides. He had, uh, he tried out with, uh, he tried out with uh, New York. He tried out with uh, Vancouver, even uh, ended up with uh, West Ham under 23s. uh, Oh, and oh yeah, and by New York, I should say uh, New York Cosmos. 
Man. I don't know if they're still around after uh, NASL folded, but no, there was a joke about them being a league killer. I think that whenever they join a league, that league kind of folds. But we'll we'll leave yeah. that there. Um, yeah, and then after that, and then after the Cosmos, he uh, appeared again on the El Paso Locomotive with a fifty percent shutout rate. Believe it or not, in his uh, two appearances with El Paso. Yeah, so not a bunch of time there, but he's certainly been someone that a lot of teams have invested uh, effort into, you know, getting him opportunities. And yeah. so I, I would he does say, have a, and he does have an interesting story. So I would like to see him succeed, though. Yeah. He is going to be facing some uh, stiff competition at that spot, but we'll get into that. In a bit. Yeah, I think that uh, Adam and I have a theory on what's what's unpacking at the goalkeeper position, but I would say, uh, barring our theory coming true, he's probably the go-to to start between the sticks week one for us, mm-hmm. whenever week one is. Um, but, all right, moving on, uh, we got another international uh, roster spot being filled by uh, an individual out of um, Venezuela. This is an on-loan option. Uh, player as well it was a signing but no this one is an option to buy on loan oh okay um, signing but this is this is another player like samake who dc themselves have been have been tracking uh they've got scouts in central america they both Loudon and and dc do and so he's someone that that is being brought in because of his potential for the future i think he's he's pretty young and um he is a left winger slash left mid, you know, very, very convertible player, but he is also, I think has dominated at the, the center mids positions, but his name is Darluis Paz. Darluis Paz. Uh, yeah. And, I was, and he plays, he's played for the Venezuelan U 17s. So I think that's more South than Central America. They play. In the I, yeah, that's right. I meant to say South America. That's fair. No worries. No worries. But go. any, but anyways, but uh, for what it's worth, he did start all four matches with the uh, Venezuelan U-17s in the championship uh, tournament for South America in uh, 2019. They're Scored admittedly, against Brazil. Yeah. He's, yeah, so he cl- so clearly, uh, you know, when he was playing for Deportivo La Gaira, he, uh, they clearly saw him as having a lot of potential. They let him start quite a few matches, including the aforementioned uh, U seventeens. Uh, yeah, he's he's not a backup down there. Um, yeah. and so he's bringing a lot of talent as well. This is this is not um, not not your normal Loudon United team that we're assembling here. If, if you yeah. guys are catching uh, a rhythm of, of these signings, these are and all, yeah. Talented. And also, um, sorry to interrupt. I also wanted to say that uh, Coach uh, Martin said in an interv- in a separate interview that. He foresees a pause possibly playing on either wing, pestering enemy defenders on a high press, maybe even picking their pockets for an occasional goal. Coach uh, Martin said pestering. Well, he didn't. Well, I'm paraphrasing All right. here. All right. We're but gonna, he did say get... he did say the part about a high press, though. We're gonna have to. I'm making a note next time Coach Martin's on for an interview. I don't know if he said pestering. Um, well, the pestering <laughs> is more my creative liberty. Fair Having All said right. that, um, he. We've got. We're, I noticed we got a lot of uh, left uh, wingers here mm. on in this uh, batch of recent signings. So, if he can switch him to the right wing, that would be ideal. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, okay, moving on. Continuing on, yeah, we've got a a, a kid who most recently played uh, in both games against us. One off the bench, and one got subbed off early. But uh, while playing for the New York Red Bulls, too, this is a, a center Ooh. midfielder. Um, I know. Yep. It's, it's, we probably won't hold that against you 
Or, we, we, uh, we will not. You chose the right red team. Um, or Akwe, for that matter. That's but, right. But but most recently, he did play for them and had a pretty talented, I believe, was a, was a New York Red Bulls draft pick um, yeah. as well. And, yeah, again, super talented kid and uh, goes by the name of Barry Sharifi. Yep. Barakatula Barry Sharifi. Uh, he uh, was he went came up through the Red Bulls Academy and uh, while he was uh, and uh, shortly after that went to college at Loyola, Maryland, where, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, current, but who knows, uh, player Josh Falole also graduated from. Uh, he was born Bring in Jericho. Josh back. Yeah, Bring Josh back. Bring Josh back. We love we love that guy. Yeah, he was, he was the first interview. interview. First interview on this thing yeah. on the uh, uh, near the end of the first season of Two yep. Loud Adams. Well, but you can you can read that on you can listen to that on our site. Anyways, so Barry Sharifi, he spent time with the Red Bulls Academy. Then he played four years of college soccer at uh, Loyola, Maryland, uh, Baltimore, and uh, you know got seventy one caps and nineteen goals with the Greyhounds, and uh, even even got drafted. Uh, third round 67th overall by the Red Bulls. So, you know, that was probably a big uh, moment for him though. They sent him down to the Red Bulls too, where he uh, played a, you know, at least 11 games That's right. uh, though. He I, was released uh, at the end of last season. And now here he is. I think that's the, the that's kind of the, what, what happens to a lot of draft picks is, you know, with these, these MLS teams that have that option, they're going to send them to some of those those lower teams. Just get them yeah. some, some professional time. So, all right, last signing, um, and then and then we're gonna have a quick change of pace. But uh, yeah. we got a a kid coming from the Ivory Coast. This is our, our second player signing from the Ivory Coast. Uh, in, in Coach Martin's words, a box to box midfielder. But uh, this is Nana Nanan Landry Landry Hosso. Hosso. There we go. Joining them, he's joining the team on loan from ASI de Abengoro. I hope I said that right. Uh, it's better than I was going to try. Or AS Indigeni Abengoro. But the point is, the, the point is, the team is based in Abengoro, from the Ivory Coast First Division of uh, Soccer. Uh, just so I kind of admit, I had to rely on uh, Ryan Kiefer and the crew at Black and Red United because I could barely find info on my own about sure. uh, also. But according to them, the uh, 20-year-old scored uh, seven goals and recorded 16 assists for in 20 appearances for the uh, for uh, Abengoro last year. Including, I did see it, get to see a video of this. Uh, he managed to score a goal uh, in a 2-0 victory over Asek Mimosas, which is where Gaso, Gaso Samake, who we mentioned earlier, is uh, on loan from. I wonder if they played each other in that game. Maybe that would be an interesting uh, twist of fate. That's right. And on top of that, in 2019, Hoso also represented the uh, under 20 uh, Ivory Coast team. So if you so, it looks like both he and Samake may be destined to uh, hit the uh, Cote d'Ivoire senior team sooner rather than later. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and and I think he's getting a lot of high praise for for coming over here and, and trying out. Uh, the USL championship. So we don't know a lot about him, but I think that I think we're in for a bit of a surprise. I think he's watching some of the film that is available on him. I think that we've got a, a really talented player um, yeah. right there. So sounds like a possible assist machine. If assist player machine. Can, 
<laughs> yeah. Did I did I see that he had like sixteen assists? Sixteen assists games? and seven goals and twenty uh, appearances for oh, the team. Oh, that's sick. That's disgusting. How can you do that? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we bring those numbers to us by all means. Um, so that's that's an eighty percent assist rate, that's basically. Ridiculous. It's un un yeah. Un, per uh, appearance, yeah. yeah. So all right. So before we continue on with with player talk, I want to just do a real quick mid segment where I think we're well past the midway point, but regardless <laughs> uh, a quick shout out and thank you to our, our still holding strong uh, primary sponsor. That's the Loudon stampede. Uh, the Loudon stampede is, is the official supporters group of Loudon United. And I think they've got a lot of great stuff planned is what I'm hearing for this upcoming season. So uh, both Adam and I are members uh, of the Loudon stampede and, and like to participate in all that stuff, but they, you know, they're going to be having, um, COVID safe events throughout the season based on all sorts of county regulations and, and whatnot, whether that be, you know, uh, events at the stadium, you know, pr- before the game or at uh, away game viewing parties, gathering people for that kind of stuff. So, so definitely if you haven't already check out the land Loudon stampede uh, at either loudonstampede.org or loudonstampede.com, either one. And, uh, and, and definitely give them a holler, follow them on, on social media when you follow us as well. And, uh, and, and, keep them keep them in mind if you're planning on coming out to any loud and united games so yeah yep, um, and hopefully we get back to the day where we can get these uh, those amazing tailgates the barbecue the drinks oh, those were camaraderie those were a dream <laughs> the absolutely. games or, of cornhole or you know even even the, the days when when leesburg would, would shut down king street and we'd be able to march through king street uh, up you know, <laughs> um th- those are up to a viewing party those were those were awesome up to loud and brewing um all right so uh, Real quick, though, before we talk about some other potential theories that we have and some maybe in between players between D.C. and us uh, and some of the rumors is what we've heard. Are there any players? This is my question to you, uh, Adam. uh, Are there any other players that that played for us in 2020? We're going to limit it to two two players each we can name and a quick reason why, if if you have to give one at all. Any other players you'd like to see return that haven't been named as returning players yet? Well, uh. I think I'm, I've mentioned it before the show, but number one on my list would be Elvis Amo. Okay. I'm wondering, I'm curious what happened to him because I haven't really heard whether he's sticking around or he's gone or he's, uh, I don't know, taking up uh, woodworking. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard. And the second one, uh, I might have missed the news, but Christian Sorto. I'm curious what happened to him. He seemed like a, he seemed like a very talented person. He may not have always been the goal, but he was definitely, you know, a guy who facilitated the goals that we did get uh, last season. And, and someone who was able to play a lot of different positions. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think that those are those are two excellent names. Uh, my, my two names I've got are Brandon Williamson. I think that he was it was a great 12th man for us. And I don't think mm-hmm. was we really got to see his potential. Uh, I think that it, it, he had bags of potential that, that were just un, untouched. And so hopefully – He's someone that we're considering. And then Josh Fawole, I, I really. Oh, Josh, that would yeah. be, he, he was like, you know, he would be a close number three. So the reason uh, I've got him, um, you know, I even had Colin Miller at one point too. So we, we love Colin here at the show, but yeah. I think that, I think we can almost say that that's not going to happen with the current goalkeeper situation, but Josh Fawole is someone I think that we could really use. And, and I think that he was super talented. I just don't know if he got the, the opportunities to really show that with, um, at the time, we were still really hoping that Aliona in the door was going to be able to find uh, the magic that he had at the end of the 2019 season and just never really showed. So, um, so yeah. All right. Continuing the rumors were, I want to, I want to cut this, you know, 
I don't want to go too long tonight, but uh, let's go with uh, potential loans. These are, we're not going to say these are rumors. We're going to say the rumors start here, even though one of them um, might be, might maybe Washington Post slipped something that they heard, but there was some talk about uh, John Kempen, which was the newest third string strike or goalkeeper for. Oh, yeah, they got him from the Columbus crew for a sack of training cards, basically. <laughs> well, for allocation money, I think. And maybe it was a third pick. round draft pick, which Columbus passed on anyway. So there you go. So that's why I say sack of training cones. No, there you go. <laughs> Well, he's he's very talented, and uh, there's been some talk that he's going to come down to Loudon. Now, now, mind you, there's different I, there's different thoughts here, right? So, if you recall, in 2019, Earl Edwards was the number three, um, and in DC, and we did see him a, a good bit come down and play in, in goal for us, um, and, and and that was fine. But he was actually the third string last year as well. And so because of COVID regulations and the inability to be able to swap players between the two teams so regularly, we didn't see Earl Edwards for a single game, for a single yeah. training session. And so he stuck around. He stuck around with the main team in D.C., though. I don't think he saw the field there either. No. And so I he, I think he was roster uh, bench option for a couple games. But I, I feel as though unless – uh, unless we're looking at a complete reversal of like COVID type stuff, if there's a lift on COVID regulations, I, I don't know if we see him, but if, if there is, he could be, he could be our starting goalkeeper. I mean, yeah. week in, week out. No, you know, other than maybe when, when DC is going to go playing cup matches. Right. 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 It's something you got to keep in mind, I guess it's the uh, ins and outs of being what is essentially a, a affiliate team with mm-hmm. the DC United is that we're going to, is that you're going to have to compete with the, some of this first team signings that they feel need more playing time. Yeah. And so another one of those names that I think I, I, this is, this is not at all a rumor I'm hearing. This is, I'm starting the rumor right here. Um, <laughs> not Adam's podcast exclusive, but, uh, and, and the only reason I say this is because, there are a lot of forwards right now on the DC United roster, and there are not a lot of strikers on the Loud United roster. And so I'm going to put it out there and say there's a chance that we see Eric Sorga come out to Loud, which the would Estonian, be awesome. The Estonian, uh, I'm trying to think of something that runs with Estonian. Sorry. I'll let you think about that. While I say I, that would be awesome, he's got a very, very powerful leg that he showed off in Estonia um, in, in their league out there i think the first league out there either way and, and he showed he could do it in the in stoppage time for dc united so he probably would have come down here last year if not for covid that's right so three other names to think about <clears throat> to fill um, fill the hole in my gordon wild shaped heart <laughs> that's well i forgot about that yeah um yeah even and even in the uh even in the down times of 2019 he was maybe the best player we had on the field it's a shame yeah. that he uh left but you know, he went on to bigger things in the LA Galaxy, I guess. Anyway, but sorry, back on topic. Uh, another name that we we've been throwing around, not confirmed, but very likely will uh, come down to uh, loud. And if you know, COVID pending, as you said, is our number five draft pick, uh, DC United, uh, Michael DeShields. Well, so yeah, we we got three draft picks that DC picked up, right? We got Kamarni Smith out of Clemson, right? Michael mm-hmm. DeShields, and then we got Logan Pancho. And Logan Pancho, I don't think has signed his pro contract yet. And Kamarni Smith, it sounds like is going to finish out his time at Clemson. 
um, which he has an option to do. So DeShields is the one he signed his pro contract. This is a, a very, very smart and, and, and strong defender. Um, and Not yeah, to mention DeShields was interesting because apparently he, while he was finishing up with Wake Forest, he signed a contract with New York, the, the New England Revolution 2, not New York different team uh but he didn't play a single match for them so he went into the super draft where dc decided to take him and apparently there's a rule in mls transfers that dc had to make him an offer or he would go back to new england but if they make him an offer then they don't owe new england anything like this is why i've said in the past that the free agent transfer rules and MLS for like Calvin Ball. I am excited to see, you know, DeShields in action in part because, you know, we managed to snipe him from New England, but also in part because uh, he got called, he actually got a call up to the Trinidad and Tobago uh, national team. Unfortunately, didn't make the roster for whatever reason, but it was, but, you know, it's, it goes to show that he's already getting some hype. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the fact that he was born in the, uh, very close to Baltimore is a nice bonus as well. Yeah. And I, there's a bit of a tangent, sorry, but. Uh. It, it was, it was, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you, it was absolute tangent. Um, <laughs> fair enough. So um, the rest of those names, we're not sure if we're going to see them, but but Mike DeShields is someone we could see here in, in Loudon. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and, and as we said, of the three draft picks, DeShields is the only one we have confirmed has actually signed a pro deal with the DC or anyone really. Yeah. We the other two are still uh, pending uh, their decisions. Yeah, and, and DC doesn't need to make an offer. You know that's that's not how it works. You know we, we yeah. witnessed that happen in the past. So, yep. I mean with Lefebvre and uh, with Fawoli, they didn't get offers from DC. They just signed directly with Loudon, which was nice. Uh, but having said that, uh, the next batch of names we've got here are uh, we're less confident that they'll make an appearance. We hope they will, but less confident. Uh, starting with the, those who have uh, committed in one fashion or another to uh, or actively going to uh, college. And, you know, scholars first and uh, athletes second, I suppose. But uh, Jeremy Garay, who uh, was a name that DC, the, you know, the first team actually had their eye on reportedly on alongside Jacob Green, though they did sign Jacob Green to a uh, deal. Mm-hmm. Garay was supposed to be uh, going to the Virginia Cavs, but I guess uh, the North Carolina State Wolfpack made him a better offer or something or better uh, sales pitch, I should say. So he, uh, you know, I know it's a verbal commitment. You can do whatever you want with those, but regardless, NC State officially announced that Garay is joining them. Maybe he'll, you know, pop up back here every once in a while, but uh, who knows? Adam Lundegaard, he's uh, he's uh, committed to Clemson, though he was spotted in uh, Loudon's training camp with oh with the uh, op- during the open uh, tryouts. So oh, who knows? Okay. Maybe he'll uh, maybe we'll see him around. Lorenzo Gordon, uh, I think you mentioned uh, where he's going. Yeah, uh, so American Un- American University, right? Yeah, Lorenzo Gordon, Sebastian Falzone, and, and Maddox Reese are all players that dressed for Loudon at one point, but all have now committed to various colleges. I think Louisville, Davidson, and American. But I don't know if, if you know if we see them in, in any capacity. We'll, we'll see, especially with how crowded those position 
places are starting to get, you know, at, at midfield and goalkeeper. But uh, but Jeremy Gray yep. and Adam Lindegar were staples yep. um, in, in our in our team last year. So that's we definitely don't want to forget about that. Yeah. They really short up the defense. It's a shame to see them go, but you know we understand. You get that, uh, get that degree, boys, and uh, come back strong. And uh, and also to, yeah, to possibly wrap this up, uh, a trio of uh, the Utes who have uh, just gone, who've just come from Arlington Soccer Academy to DC United's uh, Youth Academy: Owen Walls, Matthias Johannes, and uh, David Ayala. That's right. Might see yeah. might see them in a red and white jersey in the uh, near future. Yeah, at least we're going to be in a training capacity. They'll be on the training ground, I, I imagine, uh, or at least have yeah. the opportunity to train with Loudon. So, um, and and, mm-hmm. and playing for Arlington, uh, Arlington Soccer, they're all very familiar with Sega Field. That's where that's where they train. It's where the DC United Academy trains um, at the moment, and, and it's where. That general area is where all DC United's going to be training here soon when when the facilities are finished over there. So. So that's that's good good big news. But so yeah. that's it for, for new signings. Um, uh, yeah. we, we kind of want to briefly. Uh, I don't know if we'll maybe maybe a future episode we'll talk about uh, potential lineups. You know, I, I think that you can kind of take these positions and, and and plug them in where you think they'll fit. You know, right now. Um, it's quite left yeah. heavy, but uh, from what I've seen, but uh, that's nothing set in stone, especially in this sure. league where the younger ones are uh, trying to figure out where they fit best in. And I'm sure the coach will definitely, you know, be a little experimental sure. uh, to uh, see, you know, both he and uh, the recently signed DC coach, as you said, Hernan Losada, they uh, have a similar, uh, I guess, inspiration yep. that they've learned uh, from. And uh, so, yeah, we're looking, that's uh that's basically all the uh, signings, both old and new, that we can that we've uh, got for now. And uh, chances are, by the time this episode's done, maybe they'll have a few more uh, names to throw at us. Maybe by the time uh, you're listening to it, at least, yeah. yeah. So and uh, so, we'll hopefully, you know, get to see you next year at Segra Field for all, all the you guys that we just mentioned. Yeah. So speaking of Segra Field, um, Segra Field is we're officially referring to it as as a shared home, right? Not not only is the complex up the street going to be dc united's but we're, we're sharing that field previously with, with dc united academy but now with with two other uh amazing premier uh sport franchises in, in the dc area the first of which we've known for a while and they were going to share it with us a little bit last year but weren't able to because of covid and that's washington spirit so that's already a cool story between yeah. um drew scundridge and 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 the connections he has obviously with Andy his wife Sullivan. there so you know, yeah. once we know more about what their season looks like and, and, and how that's starting to pan out, that's going to be really exciting. Um, I, I know that that both of us, Adams, are going to try our best to make it out to games um, so long as everything is good to go. And I know that that yeah. Loud United is doing doing great work to, to keep everything safe and keep the numbers at an appropriate number based on uh, county regulations and all that fun stuff. The other team is is more of a new name to us, but if you're familiar with, with professional sports in the D.C. area, it's it's Old, Gro- Old Glory Old Rugby. Glory D.C. Yeah, so that's that's a big name. They've got a, a pretty large fan base and, and support uh, group following. So that's another one. And, and the, the significance about – and the reason why we're mentioning this, you're probably like, what the hell? Carious is Loud United podcast. But the reason we're mentioning this is it's, it's so exciting is because – they start so soon, you know, we're, we're not looking to start till 
you know, maybe early May for, for Loudoun United. But uh, Old Glory, I think, starts mid-March. Yeah. So we're, we're talking right around the corner. Um, it's still going to be scarf weather. I know I'm going to try my best to make it out to a couple games. I, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be Rugby so hooligans, cool. what are you going to do? Yeah, I've been waking <laughs> up early on Saturdays and Sundays to, to watch uh, rugby and try to figure out what the heck is going on. And I don't have a full <laughs> grasp yet, but I'm stoked to uh, to get into it. Um and admittedly, so, I only have a basic knowledge of rugby union rules outside of that one Sega Genesis game I played uh, way back when. But oh. I can pro- I can be a quick study. That's right. So, so those are exciting. I'm a, um, I'm a, I try to get out. I try to watch. You know, at least once all the DC Pro Sports teams. So definitely going to try and make it out to one of their games. Uh, fair late enough. This year. There we go. So if you've made it this far in the episode, um, first of all, kudos to you. We really appreciate you. You know, thank you in so staying, much. Staying, yeah, staying so much tied to talk in. About. But if you do, I want you to do us a little favor. Um, one of the things we're considering doing with this with this podcast, and for no other reason than just to you know, just to continue to get our name and the, and the brand out there, is we're considering making, and we've got a couple of designs and working on, but making a T-shirt, uh, a podcast T-shirt. So it's something you're interested in. Uh, reach out to us, you know, hit us up on social media, wherever you hear us, um, you know, definitely hit, hit a contact button and, and let Facebook, us know if, Twitter, if that's Apple something. Apple podcast reviews, leave a five star, please. Yeah, please. If that's something that you, you'd, you'd be interested in, 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 in buying, let us know. And we're going to consider uh, certainly, you know, creating them. And I don't know how we'll, we'll go about, it. maybe we sell them uh, in concert with, with Loud and Stampede and their products that they've got. Um, because they've got a bunch of cool t-shirts and scarves and stuff that they're always selling or maybe it's at games we're not sure but if you've made it this far and proof that you made it this far let us know let us know if that's something you are or are not i mean hey stupid i don't want a podcast t-shirt but just let us know um so yeah that's either way it's better than just uh leaving us silent that, yep, that's, <laughs> leaving us on read as the kids say well we'll uh, know you listened well we will know if you made it this far to our, uh, we'll find you and say, thank you for being such a loyal fan. That's right. That's right. So either way, I, I, I couldn't um, do the Liam Neeson. Sorry. 2021 <laughs> is here. We're getting going. We got tons of signings. We have a, a full roster. Um, I would say we're, we're like two names short. We got 16 names, six international spots of our seven filled we are two names short of a full game day roster, right? Is that right? Maybe three names, four uh, names shy. I four think, names shy. Um, so because nine, but I nine think we're Either way, um, yeah. And, and and USL Championship is is fully getting ready. They're getting going. They got a new soccer ball. It's friggin' cool. If you haven't seen it yet, um, and we yeah. got a bunch of new names, and we're stoked to get going. So, uh, you know, yep, as new always, crew, new do, new you. That's right. But but same crew here on the podcast so you know as yeah, always thanks course, for, for tuning in thanks for for listening and uh you know certainly let us know if there's something you'd like to hear from or somebody you know you you want us to reach out to any questions you ever have for the players or the staff that we're ever in contact with you know definitely thanks for thanks for tuning in yep. thanks for listening yep and as always this is adam and delavitz and i'm adam and davis yep and this is too loud adams stay loud and united the Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now.